I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Hard Currency, the weekly podcast from the Financial Times, looking at the stories making the running in the foreign exchange market. I'm Roger Blitz, and this week is very much a continuation of last week, which was dominated by the sell-off in emerging markets and the state of play in U.S. trade tensions with, uh, well, nearly everybody, uh, plus the news that uh, Donald Trump has decided to pull out of the uh, summit with North Korea next month. So how are investors trading these emerging market risks, and when's the right time to return to them, if return? is the right strategy. Our guest this week is Yelan Sijdikov, Global Head of Emerging Markets at the European Asset Manager. Uh, Amundi, uh, first off, Yelan, how long have you been trading in emerging markets? Uh, I've been trading emerging markets uh, for nearly 25 years now, and I've been involved in uh, sovereign uh, corporate uh, effects, so pretty much uh, all around. So this particular sell-off feels what compared to previous EM sell-offs? It, it looks like we, what we've seen before, obviously, uh, with a more mature um, uh, asset base and client base that we have in emerging markets, uh, clearly, but also with a lot more what we call a tourist money around, which, yes. which really creates volatility. Um, just give me a, a, a give li- listeners a feel of Amundi's strategy towards investing in, in EM, just the, the broad the broad tenets, if you would. Generally, we invest in uh, in a flexible uh, way in emerging markets. So this is the way we we believe is the best way to approach emerging markets. Clearly, we have some clients who prefer to be indexed. So we run it against uh, different b- benchmarks on the equity sides run by MSCI. Uh, on the uh, uh, fixed income side, we have uh, uh, typically indices which are run uh, by JP Morgan, uh, SMB and MB indices. Uh, but uh, um, we still uh, espouse what we call a flexible approach where we believe that the value is not necessarily found in the index, so yes. we can go in uh, off the index easily and find the uh, okay. opportunity to invest. Uh, give me an idea of a, a kind of a con- contrarian uh, investment you could do. Well, I think uh, we've been uh, quite early on invested in Nigeria, where uh, a lot of investors had their doubts that the country can make it. Uh, clearly, we've been also uh, helped uh, by what's happening on the oil side. But even before then, I think Nigeria already uh, showing signs of improvement. Uh, um, so that, that's probably one of the areas where we still uh, would put more money in today. A lot of focus this week, Yelan, is on Turkey. A fall of about 8% in just two and a half days and an emergency central bank meeting. With 25 years experience in EM, how unusual have you found this week? Not really unusual at all. So we've seen uh, Turkey, you know, being in crisis. Uh, we had a banking crisis there. We had a crisis of confidence before. Turkey has uh, last time when we had the tape at tantrum one. Uh, we had uh, a situation again when Turkey was part of what we called uh, fragile five, uh, one of those countries that have a, a, um, a current account uh, imbalances that are evident now. Uh, and uh, uh, so that's not really something new. Completely same story with some of the countries and Turkey. 
Turkey is not an exception. Okay, you're invested in Turkey. As in emerging market guys, we have to be invested in, in, in Turkey. Uh, uh, so yes, clearly we follow Turkey. We have to be invested. We at the moment are cautiously uh, 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 looking at Turkey cautiously. We don't think yet it's it's the the right time to be fundamentally bullish uh, on Turkey. But uh, clearly there are opportunities on a tactical basis, maybe looking at certain uh, pockets of value in Turkish assets, uh, which uh, one can make a case well, for. The Turkish lira nearing five against the dollar. Um, you know, yesterday was the right time to. Actually you go long in uh, the Turkish lira, wasn't it? It bounced 7%. Yes, yes. Uh, obviously, uh, today is, uh, we, we're seeing a reversal of that yes, to an extent because, of course, uh, you know, it, you know, you're pushing out some of the uh, uh, shorts, you know, or squeezing the shorts, uh, yeah. as as they say in the market. Uh, but clearly, the direction is still negative in the sense that we need to see a more fundamental uh, change in the picture. Yeah, I mean, very yeah. hard in, in amongst so many negative headlines about Turkey to remember why investors have been and may even still be positive about Turkey. Uh, What is the case? Well, um, if you were there when Erdogan was actually last week, uh, we had lunch with him, actually. I had an honor to be around these 20 people who had lunch with him, so I'm not... Uh, uh, bragging about it, but uh, the opportunity was there to address those questions. Ah. What is so special about Turkey? What was he asked? The, clearly, we had 7.4% growth yeah. uh, last year, which is kind of a, you know, uh, a, a beating China. Yeah. Uh, so you, you wouldn't think that Turkey is in a position to do so. Clearly, we had uh, uh, discussed uh, uh, ways of improving, let's say, macroeconomic uh, um, management in mm. Turkey, and one of the issues clearly is um, central bank Bank independence. Um, there, we I think investors got a little bit uh, worried uh, about the plans of uh, consolidating more power on macroeconomic policies uh, in the presidential administration. Mm-hmm. Especially, that's kind of the view that Erdogan uh, I think is is espousing. Uh, so, um, so the the idea here, you had a pillar uh, which was clearly a growth, which was fueled yes. by credit growth, yes. um, and it probably is not very sustainable. Uh, and the second pillar, of course, was the very prudent fiscal policy, which now investors believe is starting to change. So what you need to do is to ensure that you will bring back that fiscal policy uh, sustainability, if you want. Two questions I want to ask you, Lauren. At the lunch, did he sound like he was listening to your concerns? Well, I, I can't really be uh, too specific about what has been said around lunch because we've been clearly told not to. So okay. I'll be uh, breaking those rules. So we'll never be invited to those sort of I, I, meetings. I, I, uh, but I appreciate that. But as a consequence of what has happened from the central bank on Wednesday, raising rates, I suppose you would argue that he probably was listening. I believe that uh, uh, he's being pushed uh, hard against the wall. So in this kind of situation, yes, if he's being told uh, by uh, some of the senior members in his cabinet that this is the only way to ensure that uh, Turkish lira does not depreciate further, and it's probably a very important point in time for him to keep Turkish lira more stable than not, given that we have elections coming up. So probably that that is a political uh, decision, if you want, that goes against his true belief that interest rates needs to be actually lower. So yes. one of the uh, problems that investors have is that the belief that uh, uh, Turkish lira can only appreciate uh, if uh, interest rates were brought down, okay. which is, I guess, 
in a in a normal environment, you 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 may follow the logic of Erdogan in the sense that yes, uh, you bring uh, the cost of borrowing down. You will stimulate uh, credit growth in the economy. And that will grow the economy, and therefore, as a consequence, okay. currency will strengthen. But this is kind of in a peace peacetime sort of uh, policies. Turkey is not in a peacetime. This is kind of a wartime. Okay. You need to change that. Interesting to compare Turkey with Argentina. Lots of measures taken by Argentina. Talking to the IMF, the investment done by Franklin Templeton and others, which suggests that investors may be more willing to give Argentina the benefit of the doubt, whereas with Turkey, it feels that even this rate rise just may be too little too late. Is that a fair comparison? Well, there's obviously similarities and uh, differences between the two. A similarity, one similarity is that uh, the top uh, macroeconomic policymakers are all willing to resign, and they have their resignation letters on the table for, uh, with the presidents of each country uh, that have been rejected. So this is, I guess, one of the similarities. Uh, but jokes aside, obviously, we have a situation where the current accounting balance is actually putting pressure uh, on, on both countries on the currency side, uh, um, and the difference comes here uh, in, in, in a way that uh, Argentina has been uh, really running a very loose uh, fiscal policy and very tight monetary policy. Uh, Turkey has been exactly the opposite, uh, interestingly enough. And the reason that investors are now becoming worried about Turkey is that the fiscal side is starting to give a little bit and to go in the opposite direction. Therefore, we're, we're becoming a little bit more worried. But both countries also have a, a big similarities that the relative stock of debt is not really significantly oversized, if you want. So it's it's not really that uh, will bring the sustainability of the uh, debt matrix in question. It's just really a current account issue for okay. both countries. So uh, we're not talking about Brazil, where you yeah. know debt to GDP is eighty yeah. percent, and uh, you know nobody really knows whether the country will uh, reform its pension uh, system or not. You know we failed to see, uh, or they failed to actually deliver. That that in the past. But here we have a, a set of macroeconomic policies which failed also to convince investors that we're on the right track, both in Argentina and Turkey. Okay. Two, two fi- final very quick questions. Yeah. One, um, is it fair to say, having spent so much of this podcast talking about Turkey, Argentina, that we're not worried about contagion in the broader EM world? Um I wouldn't say it's a broader contagion, uh, but given the fact that we have a, a confluence of factors, and in this instance, I will say large economies uh, like Brazil and Mexico are going to elections. In Mexico, we have a threat, a very significant one, of a big regime change, if you want. We have AMLO, who potentially will win these elections, and he might change macroeconomic okay. policies for Mexico. That's one thing. And Brazil is a big elephant in the room. And I already mentioned 80% debt to GDP and lack of uh, uh, reform zeal, if you want from the politicians and you have a more urgent problem there than in Argentina or Turkey. Okay. And the final question, because I, I did talk in the intro about, about trade issues, US-China and, and Trump. It's it's strange how actually we were worrying about those things a few months ago. We're now not really talking about that that much, but is it possible that these can come back to complicate life for emerging markets? And actually, when you look at their fundamentals, it's trade that remains still very, very important. And we still haven't really seen how this US protectionism will play out. Well, absolutely, absolutely. It has a, it's changing in a more simplistic way. Uh, if you look at the emerging uh, world, emerging countries benefited from globalization. Uh, if you believe that protectionism has a chance to reverse globalization, that will hurt emerging markets 
eventually because trade is the channel through which we had a significant amount of uh, uh, wealth creation for emerging world. So yes, indeed, it will it will be a very dangerous uh, if we have the pre- prevailing policies in the US or in the world uh, going towards protectionism. Excellent. My thanks to Yelan Sishnikov of Amundi. Join us again next week for Hard Currency. The likelihood is emerging markets will still be dominating the agenda, but who knows? We may get round to talking about the euro, the yen, the pound, maybe. Find out next week. But until then, from Hard Currency, it's goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.